0: Now connecting you to the College Sports Connection podcast.
1: everybody welcome back to the college sports connection podcast i'm your host alex the captain joining me as always my partner aj the guru hey what's going on everybody aj i'm gonna let you take the reins on this one you kind of got a special show and planned for us this week
2: yes i do uh you know we've started our new we rebranded a couple of weeks ago and yep. you know trying to figure out what we want to do like i'm gonna reach out to a good friend of mine he's a toledo whitmer grad he went to the university of michigan he was a captain war number 43 it was a 2016 Second, all, uh, second team All-American, 2016 All-Big Ten, a 2017 third-round pick to the Baltimore Ravens where he wore 93. In three seasons, he had 54 tackles, two and a half sacks. And on March 20th, he was traded to division rival Pittsburgh Steelers and also a new father. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Wormley.
0: Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on.
2: Chris, we appreciate you, man. Absolutely. First off, I gotta say congratulations, new father. It's awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little little Spade warmly just turned four months on uh, Sunday, so the wife and I are enjoying uh, parenthood and sure. trying to uh, figure this all out through quarantine.
2: Sure, I mean it's a perfect time to do it, right? You're home. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> I
0: mean, it's, it's, it's like a blessing in disguise, really. When you kind of have to look for the the silver li- lining or the you know the bright spots and all this, and I think uh, spending as much time as I have with my family's been. Sure. For sure everybody's staying healthy though everybody's good yeah, yeah no everything's everyone's great she just had a little checkup today and and she's she's healthy as can be so we're, we're, we're super excited to be parents
2: good deal hey
0: before we get into anything too deep uh, do you want to
2: i want you to promote what you've got going on, on instagram right now your muscle mind fit challenge yeah uh, everybody follow chris on instagram and, um, uh, explain that
0: yeah so um a child psychologist out of charlotte north carolina named kelly kiger um, who was also a Whitmer grad, reached out to me about two weeks ago, and she was saying that the kids that she worked with are really uh, struggling with this quarantine and are trying to find ways to, you know, stay fit. You know, they're, they're missing out on gym class, they're missing out on their, mm-hmm. their spring and winter sports, and um, so we came up with this muscle and mind fit challenge. She kind of handled the social-emotional um, aspect of it, of the challenges, and I took the reins on the physical um, fitness aspect of it, and we've been having great results you know there's people from you know seeing people from canada people from arizona reach out um mm-hmm. and do the challenges kids as young as two years old to i've seen some you know seven year old you know great grandparents in there doing doing the challenges so it's been uh it's been, it's been pretty cool i didn't really know what to expect and mm-hmm. uh, you know we've had a great turnout for these for these challenges and if you guys mm-hmm. want to see uh, any of that, it's hashtag muscle and mind fit. And you can check it out on my Instagram, which is big underscore worm 43.
2: Sure. I, I did it the first day. It was awesome. It's yeah, one, of those, it one of those perks of uh, having a two-letter name. It's great. Uh, <laughs> but then I skipped the the uh, TikTok. I don't have TikTok. I don't know how any of that works. Well, when, when younger kids do that one. Oh, good, Yeah,
0: but, no, uh, definitely. The TikTok was definitely geared towards the high school kids and yeah. the younger generation for sure. Now,
2: I'm all about watching TikTok videos because I have so much time on my hands. Some of the things these kids are doing, are incredible.
0: Yeah, they're 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 you know little Martin Scorsese's with the, with the directing,
2: <laughs> right? And it, it can't be hard because these young kids are doing it, so it can't be hard to
0: figure. Think- well, you think it's, you think it'd be easy, and then you try and do it yourself, and it literally took me 30 shots to do, 30 takes to do one nine-second video. So
2: right, that's brutal. Well, hey, I'm gonna let Alex take over here. He's a huge. Huge fan of yours. I'm gonna let him kind of take the reins here. I know he has a dozen questions for you, yeah. and so Alex, oh. you take it away, man.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, uh, Chris. Again, thank you so much for joining us. Like I said, we definitely appreciate it. We're pretty excited about this. I kind of want to talk about that transition from uh, from high school to college. Obviously, you went to Michigan. Um, I guess my first question really is why Michigan? Where else were you recruited? What was the draw to go play in front of 100, 110,000 people every Saturday?
0: Yeah, well, I grew up in Toledo, and I was. My my mom and dad were huge Michigan fans. So, you know, I was a Michigan fan as well growing up. My dad would take me to, you know, the spring ball practices, spring games and Mm -hmm. and we would tailgate and we'd go to games, you know, one maybe twice a year, which was really, you know, the highlight of my week in the in the fall was going being able to go see those games. um, and be in that atmosphere. And um, when I when I started getting recruited, probably my sophomore year. Uh, Michigan had reached out. A lot of the Big Ten had reached out, Ohio State, Michigan State, Notre Dame. And uh, I knew I wanted to stay local. There were some, you know, West Coast teams, some SEC teams that were reaching out. Um, but I knew that eventually, eventually when it came down to it, I was going to stay local. And the biggest school local was, was the University of Michigan. And I was a, I was a fan growing up. The academics were amazing. And um, it just fit to, fit to who I was as a person and what I wanted mm-hmm. to accomplish.
2: Sure. Now, Michigan yeah. was the only
0: visit you took, right? Yeah, I so I guess back then with with Brady Hoke he had a rule that um, if you were going to take an official visit at Michigan you had to be committed. Mm. Um, and I knew that I wanted to be there. I had taken a couple of visits to Michigan State. I've been to I was at Notre Dame and I took a couple of trips with with Kenny Hayes and Nigel Hayes um, to Ohio State to a few games, basketball games, mm. football games. But once I committed to uh, Michigan, that was kind of it, and that was the only official visit I took.
1: Mm. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. I mean, Brady Hoke, you know, I, I got to see Brady Hoke as a fan on TV every Saturday. What was Brady Hoke the coach like? I mean, obviously we see something completely different than what you guys see behind closed doors. Could you kind of touch on what, like, even not his coaching style, but just like who he was as a person, like he seemed to really care about his players.
0: Yeah. there's just, I just had another interview with uh, Nick Baumgarner, who is a, yeah. A, a, <laughs> I'm sure you probably know Nick and he had, that's what he had, we had talked about was with, with, with Brady is, Obviously his coaching career didn't pan out as what we wanted it to be at Michigan, but sure. uh, always at San Diego state, he's the head coach there and he's doing great things. And just him as a person, um, he was like a father figure to a lot of us. He was a D line coach. So he worked with us a lot. And I know a lot of the guys on the, excuse me, on the, on the D line thought of him as a father. You know, a lot of guys were out of, out of state and lived far away. And he was the type of guy that would, you know, have you over at his house. Um, would have us in and, and you know treat us to McDonald's in the morning to watch film on <laughs> Thursdays. Sure. And, uh, he was just the type of guy that cared about you more than just a football player. Obviously he cared about school, but he wanted to know what your family was like, how they're doing in your personal life, um, which meant a lot to us.
2: Yeah, we, of course he's a, a Ball State guy and I, I was in a golf outing with him one year, maybe 2013, 2014. And in 2013, he had paid for a bus trip for 200 Ball State students to go to the game in Northern Illinois. And so he put us all on buses, paid for all of our food and our tickets, and we took a, a bus trip up to DeKalb and all on him. It was an absolute blast.
0: Yeah, that's, that's the type of guy Brady is. He's mm-hmm. obviously he's, he's a, a, a smart football coach, but he, he wants to see other people do well. He wants to help out wherever he can, and especially at, at smaller schools like Ball State, to get those kids to have the, the experience to, you mm-hmm. know, take, have a bus trip for free is, is something that's pretty cool.
2: Right. And I think he needed a ball state to beat Northern Illinois that year too, so, to help you guys out. I think that's probably part of it. Yeah. that's When, when they had Jordan Lynch and they were just running all over everybody. Yeah. Those years.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, you're, you're talking about Brady being that stand-up guy. Obviously, you mentioned him going back to San Diego State and stuff. Um, I kind of want to shift gears a little bit to another Brady that you've actually gotten to have come to Michigan and speak, Tom Brady. What was that like being in the same room as him? Now you've played against him, but what was that like being in the same room as him, looking up at him like, man, this guy's in the NFL. Look at all he's accomplished. And then getting to play against him just a couple years later. What, what was that like for you?
0: Yeah, so you came and spoke to us. The year he got suspended, I think it was for a deflate game, maybe. Yeah. But that was the year he was a captain, an honorary captain. He came and spoke to us, I think, my second year at Michigan, or third year. Okay. And then he came back. and Well, the, the, the meeting that he had with us was, was great. He talked about being a captain. That uh, was his greatest accomplishment. And he had already won, I think, four or five rings at the time. Yeah. His greatest sport accomplishment was being a captain at Michigan. Um, so that was pretty cool. And then he came and was an honorary captain. 2016, my my last year, and I was a captain, so I got to talk to him before the game, and uh, that was a pretty cool moment. Uh, Mm. I was kind of I was kind of starstruck, which was which was kind of weird because like this this guy's playing football. That's all he does is play football. But obviously, he's a celebrity. He has a supermodel wife. He's done all these great things. Um, So it was cool to be able to talk to him a little bit uh, beforehand and get to walk out on the field as a as captains together, Um, and then playing him this this past season. you know, you have to kind of put your, your 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 work hat on, I guess, and and kind of right. block out that this guy is, you know, I guess, kind of like an idol to you. You know, you looked up to him. This guy has is the greatest to ever play, and he has all these accomplishments, and that's where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you play him, mean, you kind of have to think otherwise and, and try sure. to. Uh, right. <laughs> it it absolutely. has to be pretty cool to say you're both Michigan men, like you yeah, have that absolutely. in common. Yeah. You know,
2: like, that's I'm, a small fraternity of people, and you two both have that in common.
0: Yeah, it's only it's – I mean, I think that's what the biggest difference between, like, college and the pros is is that, like, when you play in college, like, you don't – those guys you're with every week, like, the Ohio State – like, say we're playing Ohio State, like we hate those guys. You know? <laughs> right. And now – now when I was with the Ravens and we played Baltimore, like, I knew some guys on the team, like, we, I don't hate those guys. I just want to beat them, you know? I want to sure. win the game. So, I think – Obviously, in the NFL, there's a lot more, uh, you know, trades and cuts and people going mm-hmm. to different teams and signing free agencies and things like that. So it's a lot more fluid than it is in college. So the relationships are a little different, which I think is something that I've learned over the last couple of years, for sure. Sure. And I assume you didn't turn ESPN on, ESPN on last night? You know what? <laughs> we, got, we, got a, we got a big group chat um, with some Michigan guys, and we were talking back and forth. And I had seen it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, Barstool, uh, U.M. Barstool was like, would you rather watch the 2016, uh, game again or eat glass? <laughs> <Like> <laughs> I said, eat glass every damn time. Uh, just <laughs> we those, were, uh, just those memories are, uh, not, not pleasant for sure. Sure.
2: Well, it's funny because I was talking to my dad earlier and I was telling him we were doing this and he watched it last night and he goes, I heard Chris's name half a dozen times at least. And so, I mean, you played well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I not a good it's, game, but I but it's I, one of those games I'm sure you just, you know, go to better and different. It's still you know, memory that you're going to cherish forever, I'm sure, being a part it was, of it.
0: It was probably the most fun game I've ever played in mm-hmm. um, just because the back and forth, um, it's the biggest rivalry in all of sport, I think. And mm-hmm. um, just that level of competition, what was riding on that game, um, yeah. I had a blast playing in it. Sure. And it was just
2: a fall day, too. Like it was just perfect fall. Right. Everything you expect that game to be, it was.
0: Because
2: sure. I remember I went to the game in, oh, gosh, it was the game of the century. What was that, 06? Oh, you know, yeah, six or the or one in like Yeah, because it, yeah, it was a night game. Mm-hmm. And it was a fall night. It was perfect. Yeah. And then I was there in 13. I, you know, came down to Devin Gardner, uh, the two-point conversion, and it was a cold fall day. It was just the ideal situation for that game. And it just, there's nothing like it, in my opinion. There's, I've been to games all over the country, been to so many different ones and there's just nothing that compares to it. I can only imagine being a player what it feels like. As
0: yeah, well. it's it's one of those experiences that uh you'll never forget. And uh yeah, it's it's a it's a very cool experience. Sure. So I know Alex had questions about Harbaugh now too. <laughs> <And then laughs>
1: yeah, you <know>. I uh <laughs> which one? <laughs> right, uh, yeah. Sure, you know. <laughs> um so obviously you were recruited by Brady Hoke, you played under Brady Hoke. Um what was that transition when you guys heard that Brady Hoke was being let go by the university? What was that transition to Jim Harbaugh? What was kind of the thoughts of the team? Obviously, the public was pretty excited. But what were kind of your guys' thoughts as players when you first met him, uh, the first practices? Kind of walk us through that a little bit.
0: Yeah, so I think after that five and seven season, we knew that, that Brady was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were a lot of guys that – and I, I mean, I was sad to see him go. Well, like I talked about earlier, just the type of relationship that he had with his players. Um, Obviously, what he did coaching wise didn't work out, but we still loved him as a man and what he did for us. Obviously, recruiting us, he recruited a lot of you know big time recruits to to come to Michigan um, after those those even worse you know Rich Rod years. (laughs) Um, So I think, I mean, it was it was that that transition. You know, we knew that we were going to get a new coach. We knew that it was. I think it was between Wes Miles and. Um, gym and mm-hmm. and obviously it, it was gym and we were excited and then we get to we get to spring ball and it's it's four hour full padded practices and we're like <laughs> we did not sign up for this at all like this is not what we wanted like <laughs> where, where where's Brady at but obviously it worked out for us we went 10 and three our first year with him and won the citrus bowl and then went back um, that following year and, and went 10 and three and went to the orange bowl uh, mm-hmm. so I mean I credit him for for a lot of our success, obviously we had a lot of, a lot of, you know, older guys that stepped up and, and um, stepped up to the challenge of, of leading the team. Those, those my last two years with Jim, Mm -hmm. but um, you know, there's, I give a lot of credit to him for, for turning the program around in such a short period of time. Yeah,
1: absolutely. He, uh, I mean, you know, it's as a fan, it's been, there's been some heartbreaking things, as, and I'm sure as a player you experience a lot of those heartbreaking things, but it it's, it's really nice to see that he's got it going the direction I think people want to see. Obviously, you know, struggles against some of the big rivals, but I think it's so cool to see him bringing Michigan football back in a sense, you know. I think that was something a lot of people have really been missing.
0: Yeah, it's definitely – definitely bringing him back to relevance is is what we all want, you know, we want that that conversation even though it might not work out at the end of the season. Um, I just think we they got they got to beat Ohio State. Yeah. going into his I think 6th year now and uh, if he goes on 6 against Ohio State, it's it's going to be tough and I know mm-hmm. he, he works he probably works year round to to find, you know, little ways to do that. And as a fan and as a as a former player, that's that's what we want is to is mm-hmm. It's for Michigan to beat Ohio State. Sorry, AJ, but that's that's what we want. Hey, <laughs> I, out of
2: respect for you, I didn't wear any Ohio State stuff today or Brown stuff, so out of respect.
0: You can wear <laughs> Brown stuff all you want. I don't care about that. Um, they have struggles, man.
2: I, uh, don't, <laughs> any,
0: they need all the support they can get. But, no, yeah. I mean, obviously Jim's done a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And just – there's just that, I guess, for right now, there's just that little asterisk of sure. not Ohio State not not getting to the Big Ten championship, which yeah. is – Michigan was, was you know all about for so long mm-hmm. Big time championships. Now, do you
2: buy into what you know? Kind of people say is Michigan doesn't take it as serious as Ohio State. Do you look looking from the outside? And now, do you see that, or do they still take it as serious as they always have?
0: Well, I think they take it as seriously, but it it all comes down to wins and losses. You could say, mm-hmm. you know, I could take a test seriously as you know the the smartest kid in the classroom, but obviously that kid's gonna get. A better grade obviously they've been the, they've been the better team mm-hmm. over the last close to 20 years now almost um, mm-hmm. at least 15 years and uh, you know it comes down to recruiting it comes down to having players that you know that you can develop into into you know potential you know you know NFL prospects and right. sure. as, as you saw the first three picks in this last draft were all Ohio State products mm-hmm. you know a little asterisk on Joe Burrow because he went to LSU but I saw your tweet in regards to that, too. Those first three picks were were all Ohio State recruits. So, obviously, they're doing something right. And, obviously, Michigan gets good players. But Mm -hmm. it's all about getting those four- and five-star recruits. And I I was a three-star recruit, so I'm not saying that the three- and two-star recruits can't get it done. But, Mm -hmm. overall, when you look at it, the the more four- and five-star recruits, the better your chances are. And then also players into players into top players.
2: Sure. Yeah. And we talked about a little bit ago bowl games. What was the best bowl game gift you got?
0: Um, I think it was the Citrus Bowl. We got a point system, and um, and then when we got to Orlando, we got to go on, like, a little Best Buy shopping spree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got an Xbox 360 and then a bunch of just, like, random, like, small gadgets, like mm-hmm. – when drones were huge back in the day, you know, right. drones, um, maybe like a pair of headphones. Um, but there was some pretty cool stuff. And then we get yeah. my my freshman year, we got like seven hundred bucks in per game. Mm-hmm. We just went to the mall and just like spent it all the first <laughs> like two days. And uh then we just ate like Taco Bell every day after practice. Right. <laughs> I can remember one
2: of, one of your former teammates, one of my high school teammates, Dan Samuelson, yeah, okay. uh he I. Uh, I think it was the it was the Buffalo Wild Wings bowl. Mm-hmm. I think it was I think he told me he got like a lazy boy or something like that. And yeah. they mailed it to him and he had this big lazy boy in his dorm. And yeah, no, no room for
0: it. Yeah, a lot of guys had like the reclining like there was like they're like these black reclining leather reclining, ch- excuse me, reclining chairs. You mm-hmm. can plug like your phone into it and charge it. And that was a big thing that we got like on our point system. So you walk in and there's just hundreds of products ranging from like, you know, you get say you get 8 points. Eight would be like the reclining chairs, King mm-hmm. Man, Xbox 360. And then as the points get lower, you know, earbuds, things
2: like that. Sure. Which uh, I'm sure you enjoyed everything from eight to one. Everything had to Right. Old.
1: Absolutely. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's, it's, but, it's, but it's like you walk in, you're like, oh, this is going to be easy. Then you get there and you spend two hours like doing the mm-hmm. math. Okay. I can get, you know, three one-pointers and a big, you know, a, a bigger, you know, five-pointer or I can get one, you know, eight-pointer. nothing else or i can spread it out so it was Mm -hmm. you kind of have the math math. it's like going to an
2: arcade with your tickets
0: trying to figure out exactly you have to figure out (laughs) if you want the the big you know the big teddy bear or a bunch of candy you know sure that's awesome
1: yeah that's so cool like you know bowl games like that's just a unique experience in and of itself like you know obviously you mentioned the citrus bowl um the buffalo wild wings bowl the orange bowl um Mm -hmm. What of those experiences would you say is probably your favorite in terms of where you, where you guys have played opponents, um, obviously getting the bowl game win is nice, but in terms of the atmosphere, what was probably your favorite bowl game atmosphere?
0: I think the week leading up when we were in Tempe, Arizona, for the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl, we stayed at this crazy resort out there and just the amenities of that place were pretty cool. Um, the bowl game itself wasn't wasn't as as fun, I guess. I guess the best atmosphere of a bowl game would have been, I guess, because we won was the Citrus Bowl when we blew out Florida. Um, mm. But the atmosphere at the Orange Bowl in Miami too was crazy. You know, you're in Miami, right?
1: You know,
0: great weather down there, and uh, you know, we were playing Florida State, so they had their you know most of their most of the fans there were, were Florida State. They got their chops mm-hmm. going on. You know, the oh, you know, that's going yeah. on. And uh, so the atmosphere there was great, um, but I would say you know the week leading up and the and the bowl festivities and stuff, I think Arizona was pretty fun. Now, Florida State, Delvin Cook was there, right at that time. Yeah, they had Delvin Cook. They had uh, Derwin yeah. James. Um, James, yep. Uh, DeMarcus Walker, I think he plays yeah. for that. Um, he plays for um, Denver now. Mm-hmm. um I had francois the quarterback when he was when he was young and and he was balling out that one year, which was yep. he played him um so they had some good players man and mm-hmm. yeah, they had delvin cook and he he ran it up on us for sure yeah.
1: man he yeah I remember watching that game, and he just no offense, he torched. I mean, he just, he, yeah. you couldn't, nobody could stop him. He was just so fast. Mm-hmm. And, but that was, I mean, that finish to that game was so incredible. I think it was, it was obviously Florida State won that 33 32, I think is what the final was. Yep. And that was just absolutely mind blowing watching that fourth quarter just turn into a scoring barrage. Yeah. I
0: think we were down maybe a couple scores and then, um, Wilton came back and it was, it was balling out. And Chris Evans, it was a freshman uh, running back, made a ridiculous play for a touchdown. And, uh, and then I had blocked, I think, their PAT mm-hmm. down by one. And I think we might, we might have gotten the ball back. And then we just couldn't. We didn't have enough time to score. Great. There was only a minutes left to, for us to score. We couldn't, we couldn't get a drive together. Um, but yeah, that game that game was fun too. A lot of these, a lot of these fun games I'm playing, and I'm getting we're, we're coming at coming you know on the short end of the stick, but right. Some, some good memories for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But Did
2: Florida State have who was their kicker? Was that uh? Robert or uh, Robert Aguayo? Or? Aguayo, yeah, who's supposed to be the next yeah. big thing? So.
0: Yeah. I don't even think he's in the league anymore. I don't think so. He no. did two years, <laughs> maybe.
2: Yeah. If that. That's brutal but uh um, so as we mentioned I remember you getting drafted I texted you right away of course it had to be in the late hours of the night it was like 11 o'clock or something was but we knew we figured you'd be going somewhere Baltimore takes you to another Harbaugh
0: mm-hmm. that's
2: got to be day and night personalities I'm assuming because the way you see them in media and on the field day and night you know Jim couldn't kind of prepare you for John I, I can imagine <laughs> so kind of you know moving in there it's nice, too, because you're staying on this part of the country. So it's not like you're moving across or anything like that. So getting into Baltimore and playing in such a tough division, uh, kind of that transition, the game speed, I can only imagine, is turned up by a 1,000. Uh, especially as a defensive lineman, the running backs you're seeing are bigger, stronger, faster. The offensive linemen, bigger, stronger, faster. So kind of what was your training leading up to, you know, pr- through preseason and, and week one, getting ready for your first uh, your rookie season?
0: Yeah, it was it was a struggle, man, I'm not going to lie. I, um... My rookie year was definitely my my toughest year so far. I mean, I've only been in for three years, but that was definitely the the biggest transition. I think going from college or high school to college was was a lot easier. I mean, obviously, I was a little closer. Um, there was more people watching you and, and kind of babysitting mm-hmm. you in, in the college in college. And uh, camp was camp was tough for me my my, my rookie year. And then I ended up um, only playing in seven of the sixteen games that we were in. I, I didn't I didn't dress for nine of them and. Uh, I was definitely a humbling experience. Definitely a wake up call to, you know, get my shit together and, um, you know, I kind of turned around my second and third year. But yeah, playing going from going from one harbor to another, like you said, personality wise, uh, John is a little more uh, easygoing, I guess, when it comes to his personality. You can you can have a conversation about him, and it's not just about football. And obviously, Jim is Jim is so into football, and that's all he wants to talk about, which, which isn't a bad thing. I'm not asking him to be my, my best friend. <laughs> um, but I guess it is might be a little different, too, because we're all, you know, quote-unquote grown men now in the league. Sure. You have those conversations more than, you know, John's talking about getting a beer afterwards, and you, you can't say that with Jim, but. Um, Jim drinks milk. Yeah, he, he yeah. just drinks milk and, and beef. Yeah, diet. he wears cleats in his in his house, um, but yeah, no, I mean they're 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 the way they want football to be played is very similar. They mm-hmm. come from Jack Harbaugh, who is their dad, who was a, mm-hmm. a football college coach. He was a head coach at Western for a while, and and head coach at a lot of different places. Um, mm-hmm. and being one of them, so they're they're the way they approach the game and the way they want football to be played is very similar. But I think personality-wise, like you guys said, might be night and day.
2: Mm-hmm. And I can remember, too, I believe it was your rookie year. It was myself, my brother Renee, and her now uh, fiancé had uh, were on the sidelines. And this was just maybe two years after we all worked together in Toledo. And then we got to see you in at in an NFL stadium. Like, well, I think we've seen you twice play in, in Cleveland. And it's just so cool seeing that. You know, we were on the field, and there you are. And then I see you look down the aisle, and there's Danny Shelton's massive rear end. I know, these <laughs> boys are big. Yeah. And so – I would say I worked in, with them, uh, the mudhens with you. You know, standing next to you, yeah, you're big, but you got big in the NFL. I mean, the yeah, AI.
0: I mean, I mean, I definitely had put on, you know, muscle and, and got a little bigger. But like, there's some guys that are taller than me. Mm-hmm. Like, like to it, like Stefan. Stefan is a massive man. Yes. He's taller than me, and he's probably got you know twenty twenty pounds on me. Mm-hmm. So I might be big, but there are definitely guys that are bigger than me. And uh, mm-hmm. it just it just goes to show you what it takes to to be able to. Yeah. To you know, run into these guys for 40 plays a game. Sure. My, uh, I think I've
2: told you, this, my dad has a barbecue business, and Stefan's a big fan. And so when we have barbecue around, the amount of barbecue he eats is just absurd.
0: <laughs> like, I can imagine a lot. I mean, uh, I know I can a lot, but he, he probably takes it down.
2: Right. And uh, we're actually talking about doing a barbecue out in Pittsburgh for him and the family. So, obviously, you'll be in attendance for that. So, sure. uh, we'll weird. bring the smoker out there and do a full-blown barbecue.
0: There we go. I, I can put so. some barbecue down, a little brisket, a little, oh, yeah. little chicken, a little pulled pork, something. you got to get it going, a little ribs.
2: Sure. Now, what was your go-to place in Baltimore to eat?
0: Oh, man, see, Baltimore is so big into freaking seafood, man, and it's mm-hmm. coming from the Midwest. Like, you're not eating Lake Erie food or <laughs> the right. Michigan, or, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're not eating that fish. But that's so, not, not perch and walleye. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if it's, if it's not perch, walleye, or bluegill. You're not eating it. Um, right. But uh, so, but yeah, Baltimore's big into you know these blue crabs where you got to crack them open with a hammer and mm-hmm. pull it apart and mm-hmm. like, the intestines and all that. So I'm like, I don't, I don't need that. Um, but there's a bunch of places um, downtown that are really good. Um, a of, there's a couple of Mexican spots that my wife and I like to go to for date night. Um, there's a great Italian spot down the street for me that we just that we just found that's really really good. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a lot of food, man. But if you're if you're seafood, this is the place to be. Like sure. To-
2: I don't know if you watched the uh, Peyton's Places on ESPN. He went to Baltimore and talked to Ray Lewis, and he got a big thing of crabs. And Peyton looked at it like, I don't know. I'm from Tennessee. (laughs) I don't know this stuff. Yeah.
0: No, they literally just, like, boil it, and then, like, in a big pot with, like, whatever you want, honestly, spices and stuff. And then they just dump it on a table with, like, cardboard paper, Mm -hmm. pick it, smash it, pull it apart, eat it, and it's supposed to be good. But I (laughs) – Make you differ. <laughs> make, make you
2: work for your food.
0: Yeah, you know, just give me a steak, or, a steak or a burger or something like that. Just, you know, right. For it. right. That's great. No.
1: Now, obviously, uh, as we all know, you got traded to Pittsburgh um, yep. just a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, what's that – what are you looking forward to for – now you're going to be playing against all these Ravens teammates you had for, you know, the last three years. What's the one thing you're looking forward to, obviously besides beating them, that you're looking forward to when you move to Pittsburgh.
0: Um, I mean, I guess besides football, just getting to know the city. Um, I love food, so I, you know, there's a bunch of good spots up there that mm. that uh, people talk about all the time about. Excuse me, about Pittsburgh food. Um, but I guess team wise, just just getting to know the guys, learning the system, and uh, trying to contribute as much as possible. Um, and hopefully, I, I can stay there a little longer than, than mm-hmm. just here.
2: And obviously we've been in the playoffs and I've always heard too, playoff speed is different than this regular season game speed. Is that true? And can you feel that when you're playing?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think people know that it's winner go home, you know. So mm-hmm. every single play you have to have your A game and uh, be ready to to play against you know, the guy who is trying to get to the next to the next round of playoffs. Mm-hmm. So the speed's definitely different. You know, you kinda go from camp to preseason games, which is a little you know a little faster paced and then regular season obviously is, is full speed. But then you get into the playoffs, and it's like okay, we we got a chance to go to the Super Bowl, and that's mm-hmm. everyone's and dreams right there is to get to the Super Bowl. So um, people are, are you know turn up the notch for sure.
2: Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Lamar Jackson as freak of an athlete as he looks like on TV?
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know I might, I might be an athlete, but that guy is a a freak athlete uh in in when, when we're in camp our coaches want us to run to the ball and when he runs with the ball I'm not <laughs> get anywhere near that guy so I make it I make it look like I'm running to the ball but really I'm nowhere near him and uh, sure that guy's special and he had an incredible year this year and I'm sure he's gonna continue to uh to obviously impress people but also prove people wrong that mm-hmm. you know what they've said about him in the past Sure. sure.
2: Well now he's on the Madden or the
0: cover of Madden, so we he can't
2: fall victim to the Madden curse now.
0: Matt, well well yeah, Patrick or Mahomes uh, broke that last year. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll see if he can well I mean hopefully mm-hmm. this year, but hopefully he continues his, his success and you know mm-hmm. he's, he's Absolutely. sure. And I know I mentioned to
2: you probably a year or two ago, but uh I went to school with Willie Sneed and he's a cool dude
0: too. Now Willie's a good dude. I mean, obviously. It's like he cut his hair too. What's up with that? He cut his hair. I think it's just you know maybe the quarantine got to him or <laughs> wanted to switch up the look. But yeah, Willie Willie's a great dude. He's got you know two beautiful little daughters and mm-hmm. uh, he's a, he's a good family man and he also plays football really really well. And yeah, uh, we <laughs> had a, we had a couple
2: classes together and even in college that hair was more blonde than what it was now. Yeah, uh, but uh yeah, seeing him cut that—it's been going for a long time too. So it's kind of sad to see that, but the quarantine probably did get to him. Yeah, I, I can imagine like the rest of us. For sure, for right. sure.
1: Um, so we, uh, as I mentioned in the pre-show, where AJ and I have partnered up with another podcast, um, where we created a collaboration called the Four Beardsmen Sports Network. And what we're, what we're doing is we've asked them if they had anything that they wanted to kind of ask you. And Dylan sent us in, uh, Beard Brother Dylan sent us in a couple questions. Uh, as I mentioned before, both Dylan and the other AJ um, are Whitmer grads. And uh, Dylan asked, uh, looking at where you're at now versus where you were back when you were at Whitmer, Whitmer uh, what did that time mean to you? And what kind of foundations did you establish during your time here in Toledo that have helped continue to keep you successful as you moved into the NFL?
0: That's actually a really good question. I was thinking about that uh, maybe last week. Um, But I just remember, like, going to class, obviously. School started at 730, Mm -hmm. doing all that (laughs) crap. And then going to either football practice, basketball practice, or track, um, whatever season it was. And then right from there, going directly to – I don't know if you guys ever been to JoJo's Pizza. uh, Yeah, Uh,
1: I love JoJo's.
0: uh, I used to work out at the one in Centennial, on Centennial out in Sylvania at where uh, okay. but I would go I'd go right from right from practice to to there from like six to 1030 at night and then come home do homework and then do it all again so I think I think just that foundation of of getting up early and then going through school obviously doing what I had to do um, but just putting in the work every day to accomplish my goals um, I think is something that Toledo and, and Whitmer in general has prepared me. Obviously, teachers and the coaches did a phenomenal job. But then a lot of my family still lives in Toledo, so I had that support system. Um, my wife, who was, who was my girlfriend at the time um, at Whitmer, um, was, was a great support system too. So I think all of that, um, you know, I, I owe a lot to, to Toledo and, and Whitmer uh, for, for my success now.
2: Mm-hmm. And I think it's safe to say, too, being a mascot handler with the hens had to be huge.
0: I mean, I mean, yeah, honestly, like that, I mean, I, I got my degree in sport management at Michigan, mm-hmm. and I knew that the Mud Hens had a great, you know, internship program, so I reached out to, uh, who was it, Tony and uh, and Emily at the time? Tony and Emily, yeah. And, They're uh, no longer there. I know, and I think it was, is Tyler running it over there now?
2: I think uh, Tyler and CJ. Yeah,
0: yeah, so I reached out to them, and, and uh, you know, I was, I think we were getting what, 8.43 an hour or something like that <laughs> something like
2: that yeah
0: and uh sweating our butts off in the middle of Toledo humid weather uh, in the summers and I yeah. learned a lot from there you know obviously the marketing and all that stuff and how to handle a, a mascot is is a big part of my life now so um
2: sure that was so much we had like, Renee and I are still really close to Hannah and we talk about that summer all the time we I had, mean it's so much fun
0: just from like the, the the days that we would work to picking up the scraps after you know the fireworks you know we'd have Underwork. to go to the field oh man yeah. little cardboard pieces from the fireworks yeah. to the uh the lingerie football oh lingerie that's football game that was we ridiculous.
2: could do a whole podcast on that game <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was absurd uh, you and I were on
2: tv for that one
0: yeah well a lot, a lot of good memories working with the Hens and uh mm-hmm. yeah, I mean I love going back to the games and I threw out the first pitch um, right after – or it might have been before I got drafted.
1: I remember in that.
0: In 17, threw out the yeah. first pitch for the, for the opening game, which was really fun. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, yeah, it's always fun to go to either Toledo Mud Hens games or the Walleye games. Sure. Going back there and pounding a few of those tall boy beers and, and sure usually kicking it with the boys.
2: We were, I was cleaning out a box the other day, and I came across an Applebee's flying baseball. <laughs> the amount of these things that we threw in the crowd is just absurd
0: almost threw my shoulder out trying to get it to the upper deck right <laughs> I, I,
2: I, I took one I still have it as a memento 2014 on it and I, I don't think they think do that anymore
0: but uh, yeah, I, I haven't seen it the last couple of times I've been there but yeah there's a, yeah. Lot, a lot of good memories with you guys and Bolino and, Bellino, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah man a lot of good
2: memories that was a lot of fun and I think Dylan had one more question too didn't he
1: um, I believe yeah, he did yeah it who, was uh wanted from, to know when you got to the
2: NFL was there like a aha moment when you met a player saying you know to yourself oh I've, I've made it here, I've made it this far
0: um I think i guess I guess when I first met Terrell Suggs oh. Oh, mm. pretty cool you know I got to be with him in the room for two years, and I mean he had been playing in the NFL since I was you know I think third grade maybe mm-hmm. Um, um so that guy knows so much and has and has seen so much and you know I learned a lot from him in just two short years and I think that might have been my aha moment where like okay I'm here mm-hmm. and this guy is not somebody that I look up to anymore this is my coworker and somebody that uh-huh. I I go and play football with and, and we have to you know work together so I think that um might have been my aha moment mm-hmm. was there any
2: good uh you know pranks or you know hazing type things your rookie year
0: uh no i I was it was funny because like i guess i guess my rookie year we at least for the d-line like we were pretty chill um Mm -hmm. i guess the year before like they made the guys get you know a bunch of snacks Mm -hmm. Uh, and then then my second year we made the rookies get a bunch of snacks and then this past season um we had the rookies get a bunch of snacks for us too and whatever we wanted and uh i actually put a prank on one of the rookies i um he was supposed to get this certain type of cinnamon roll that i liked and he kept lying to me saying that he was going to get it and it was on the way and he was getting it from Amazon, but then he was getting it from Costco and his girlfriend was picking it up for him. And this was probably going on like the second or third week of camp. And I'm already like on edge because we're in camp and it's hot and mm-hmm. days are long and, you know, you know, people are getting cut and stuff like that. Right. like, well, you know what? Screw it. I went, on, uh, I went online and I ordered 720 gallons of packing peanuts. It came in uh, these big, garbage bags, and I took them, and I just dumped them in his car. <laughs> he had a, a big Silverado uh, truck, so I put it in the bed of his truck, and then in his front and back seat, covered his whole entire, you know, car up with packing peanuts, and then waited to see his reaction, and it was it was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. That's
2: now,
1: fantastic.
2: <laughs> with the Ravens, did any former Ravens players come in, you know, the Ray Lewis's, you know, the quarterbacks from back then speak, and you know, what would you take away from some of those guys?
1: Yeah,
0: Ray would. Ray, Ray comes in a lot. He was, he was probably in four or five times a year when speaking with mm-hmm. time. And every time that man speaks, it's always something, you know, super passionate. And, and something. It's probably like yeah. church, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, definitely. <laughs> you, feel like, you feel like there's a pastor in front of you. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, he's the greatest linebacker to ever play. And, and he's, mm-hmm. he's done it also. And when he speaks, people listen. Mm-hmm. And it's usually a pretty good message. Um, Ed Reed's been back a bunch of times as well. Um, Coach Brian Billick's come back a bunch. I think he does our radio, um, maybe our our local broadcasting for the games. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, a bunch of a bunch of players come back, and you know they usually come with their families and little kids. So it's fun to see them come back and uh, you know watch us practice when they you know they were just doing it you know not not too long ago.
2: Sure. Uh, during this quarantine, I've I found on YouTube uh, the Ravens Hard Knocks from like O two or whatever that was. Yeah,
0: I've seen mm-hmm. clips of that. It's ridiculous with like Shannon Sharp. Um, yeah, and
2: yeah, Sarah Guza. Sarah
0: Gusa, it, Yeah, those guys. I think
2: Guza would be an awesome dude to go have a beer with and just pick his brain, dude. He's got knowledge. Yeah, and, and stories. There's definitely,
0: those, there's definitely types of guys where you're like, okay, like this dude can pound some beers, but I definitely just want to have one with him and see. Mm-hmm. You know, talk about his life and what he's been through and the stories that he has. Because you know, sure, because it's so
2: interesting too. You don't think of him as a uh, Indianapolis Colt either. Right. Like he was there, but he's he, all of his glory years were in Baltimore. So it's but watching that and those guys, uh, I think he locked the tight ends in the, that portable one night yeah. and just the things those guys would do. Of course, when they got to that status, being so in the league for so long, you know,
0: yeah, you can't, think, really, tell, you can't really tell what to do. So.
2: Right. I think Sharp was like 16 years in at that point. Wow. Same thing with Goose. Yeah. So they got to figure out a way to get through Cam because it just looks like it's brutal.
0: Yeah, it's camp, camp is – I mean, obviously it's important because you have to, you know, get the body ready to play games and, mm-hmm. get the, you know, the gel of the team and the chemistry of the team. But it's definitely the uh, the low mm-hmm. point of, of the season for sure, for
2: sure. Sure. Now, having been a rookie and, you know, going into your fourth year, do you kind of pick out a rookie and kind of walk him through the steps, walk him through the process, kind of take him under your wing?
0: Yeah, I, de- I mean, it depends on how many rookies are in the D-line room. But we have a, a player development guy that – uh know, kind of co- coordinates that and kind of says, hey, will you take this guy into your wing? And um, so there's been a couple guys where I haven't had one, you know, that's specifically for me, but there's a lot of guys that reach out and, you know, mm-hmm. like to think of myself as a pretty level-headed guy. So they ask some questions and and try and pick my brain a little bit about not just football, but also, you know, what to do in the league and how to, you know, carry yourself and, mm-hmm. and how to, you know, get in trouble and, and stay, you know, pretty, pretty level-headed. Sure.
2: Uh, what did you think of the draft this year, the setup?
0: I mean, it was – I definitely watched it way more than I would have if I was uh, mm-hmm. on TV, I think. Um, obviously, the first round still takes five hours, which is right. insane. Um, but it makes sense. You know, <laughs> people got to make trades and stuff. And, and mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're putting their franchise on this one player. Uh, sure. But it was entertaining, you know. Um, I like to see the progression of Goodell after, you know, <laughs> he started off in the suit, went to, like, the sweater vest type thing. And then by the end, mm-hmm. I mean, just in, like, a polo or something. Hopefully he had a few a few drinks, you know. Hopefully right. Being in his massive, probably mansion, he's he had to have something in there. Sure, and he finally got
2: into the M and M's that later on, which I was yeah. real, that was really important.
0: Well, the M and M's were full at one point,
1: and then it, <laughs> yes, they were.
0: He like showed it in front of the screen; it was dangling, and it was damn near empty. So I'm like, okay, this dude has either just dumped them out, or he's just been smashing them. All
2: right. He, he's auctioning off a uh, an experience to come watch a Monday night game with him for. Uh, I think it's the all-in challenge that Fanatics is doing. Is so just a, to sit in that man cave would be so fun to watch a Monday night game. That like,
0: well, everyone was booing him like he was like embracing the booze. I was like, right. This guy, this guy can have a little fun.
2: Sure, and it's so funny. So you talk about you know the first round being so long. I couldn't imagine what it would have been like in Vegas, getting these guys on a boat, taking them to the stage. That uh, would have been ten hours.
0: Yeah, I. Uh, especially if your team is like the you know one of the last picks of the draft it's like you must mm-hmm. just take a nap and then wake up at two o'clock in the morning and be like all right let's go right all right
2: because I mean you had to wait till what nine ten o'clock when you yeah, got the
0: call pretty late. um so I think the draft started this the, 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 that Friday the day two at like six maybe mm-hmm. um and yeah it was probably nine nine thirty before I got the call yeah
2: so, so you, you can't go to sleep after that
0: <laughs> no, so so what happened was we were I was in Ann Arbor and I got the call, and all my friends and family came afterwards um, mm-hmm. to celebrate. And my wife and I had a, a wedding the next day in Fort Lauderdale, um, so we were up till like two or three in the morning, and then oh, man. woke up at like six to go <laughs> to fly to Fort Lauderdale. So it was it was a long weekend, but um, mm-hmm. one of the best weekends in my life for sure.
2: Then did Ozzy call you?
0: Yeah, Ozzy called me, and then obviously jobs on the call. My D-line mm-hmm. coach called, and um, you know, kind of trickled down. And the media people wanted to talk, so it was mm-hmm. frenzy, and kind of you kind of lose sight of like what had, what had happened until you kind of think back and like, all right, this is what happened, and these are people that called, and mm-hmm. kind of map out how that how that uh, that night went because everything was moving so fast. Once I got that call. Mm-hmm.
2: And Ozzy probably has to be a super cool dude to talk to, cause what he's done as a player and as a front office guy, the things he's done is just, it's incredible. The stories he has, yeah. I, I can just be going yeah. for hours.
0: To, to go from a Hall of Fame tight end to you know probably going to be a Hall of Fame GM, mm-hmm. um, all said and done, he's done a lot um, and has helped a lot of players succeed. Um, so that guy has a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of of stories to uh, to pass down to people like me and, and other guys that are just looking to, to continue their career as long as mm-hmm. possible. And
2: it's so funny too, like my family being from Ohio as well, my family, my family was season ticket holders for the Browns. So they saw him every Sunday. Yeah, and absolutely. so, you know, this the stories they see him of playing, they, my parents have stories and stories for. He's just an incredible guy he was.
0: Yep, yep. Oh, yeah. So. So he's one of, the, one of the good ones for sure.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and it seems like he's laid a good foundation for the new regime. You know, with this draft especially, Absolutely. Uh, they did pretty well, and I think I think Baltimore will be in good hands and, and you know be the top of the division again this year. But Pittsburgh, you, know, you guys are—you know, you're on hopefully, the opposite side
0: now. Hopefully not in too good of hands, but uh I know, right? Yeah, they, they oh. got a lot of they got a lot of players. They signed some good players, and I think their their uh, their their philosophy right now is is win now. They want to win a Super Bowl as soon as possible. Uh, sure. I think before Lamar gets on his his second contract and, you know, they, they're only paying him a rookie deal. Um, mm-hmm. Which usually what seems to have worked out for, for uh, the Chiefs, you know, Mahomes is mm-hmm. on his rookie deal so they can pay other players that they can, you know, build around him, mm-hmm. uh, give them money when, before Mahomes gets that, you know, 200 plus million dollar contract. Right.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Right.
2: Now transition to your new team. Do you have a number yet?
0: Tentatively, I think it's 95, Ninety-five, okay. Um, cool. but that can change, I guess, if a number, you know, gets, you know, someone gets cut or someone gets traded, and that that want, um, comes available, then I'll be able to take it for, but for now it's 95, 95. but uh, I'll keep my, keep my options open if, if some numbers come available. Sure.
2: Now, do they just kind of give you a list of available numbers and you go, yeah, that one?
0: Yeah, I think in the 90s, 95 was the only one that was available. Um, mm. and there was a couple other ones. I think sixty-nine was one and I'm like, yeah, it's a little it's a little dicey. <laughs> right.
2: Uh, but, uh, your life's in some great jokes for that one.
0: Yeah. Sorry. And there was I think there was a couple like seventy numbers. I'm like, I'm not a damn O lineman. Uh, no. <laughs> there's a couple eighty numbers, but I'm like, okay, I'm not a receiver or a tight end, so I guess mm-hmm. that I will do. I'm not too picky on a number. Um, it's not going to make me get any more sacks or tackles, right? If I had a, you know, the number that I had it with the Ravens. Um, sure. Yeah, ninety-five is will do for now.
2: Yeah, deal. And yeah. I wish kind of like they had the same role in the NFL as they do in college. Like you wore forty-three. Forty-three looks great in a defensive lineman.
0: Yeah, I and, and I actually I wore forty-three in college and uh, growing up like Pee Wee football because of Troy Polamalu, who was my favorite player. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing up, obviously, I never played safety, but. Um, just the way he played the game. I was a Sears fan growing up, so it's, it's you know, pretty surreal to be to be on the team now. Uh, but, yeah, if, if I could have stuck with 43 um, for, for my for my pro career. Right. It would have been pretty cool.
2: Because I remember I talked to Stephon, and he wore seven in Notre Dame.
0: Yeah. And I,
2: I asked him about it. He goes, it just made me look slimmer. <laughs> like, that was his reason behind it. <laughs> and I think
0: who well, – there was and, a – And Ben Roethlisberger, you know, wears seven in, in Pittsburgh, so I don't
1: think uh, – Right. I I,
2: think, I
1: don't think anybody will wear that after him either. Right, exactly um, not. No. Yeah, I – AJ, I don't know if you have anything else you want to throw out. Chris, I don't know if you have anything you want to kind of give to us. Um, if it's cool, I'd like to get your Twitter handle so that we can have our followers check you out, see what you got.
0: I think my t- I think my Twitter handle is Chris underscore Wormley 43. Okay. Um, my Instagram is big underscore worm 43. That's where you'll find the um, – the Muscle and Mindful Challenge, okay, and uh, all the other cool stuff that I that I post, I guess. Yeah, um, cool. A lot of baby posts right now. A lot of old, uh, a lot of old football posts. And yeah. Twitter is where I, where I kind of let loose a little bit. A few <laughs>
2: yeah, a lot of uh, hashtag JT with shorts. A lot of those.
0: Uh, yeah, Twitter, Twitter is definitely where I have a lot more fun than uh, than Instagram. Um, yeah, because
2: it's, it's either about Michigan or food. Those are right. the two big ones. Right. A lot of food. <laughs> yep.
0: because yep. so, I
2: got I got stuck in that thread maybe last week uh, talking about diners, drive-ins, and dives, and uh, man uh, versus food. My yeah. phone. Like we were going off on. That was so much fun. Yeah. That's got to be a dream job.
0: Yeah. When you get oh, for sure. I mean, I know. I know the one guy that was on the man versus food,
2: uh, Adam Richmond or whatever.
0: Yeah, you get know, a you have a heart attack like that. Kid. I think he had
2: something going on. Yeah, so it's a
0: it's a taxing life on your body if you don't take care of it. But I mean, I mean, right. I think the episode I was watching a couple of days ago was like an eight eight pound ice cream sundae. Mm-hmm. I got to be in the toilet for like three days after that. If that was if I tried eating that, but no, uh, nothing can't else. even
1: imagine. <laughs> I can't.
2: Think, <laughs> I think he went to that deli in Ann Arbor, was it Zingerman's. Uh,
0: Zingerman's, yep. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I
2: think he went there too. Yeah, there's
0: uh, a bunch of places.
2: Um, Thurman's Cafe down in Columbus—that's a good one. He went to. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, oh yeah, it's, it's it's cool too how those guys go to college campuses because I think college campuses have some of the best food around. Hundred percent. Oh
0: yeah. So, Alex, or I guess AJ too. Who are the um, who are the other two guys? The Wimmer guys. What are their last names?
1: Dylan Scribner, okay. and AJ Nye. Okay. They're they're a little bit older than. Well, actually, no. You're you're what twenty six, twenty seven. Twenty six. Yep. Um, so they're, they're just a pinch older than you. Dylan is AJ's, uh, just turned 31. So okay. he's a little bit older, but yeah, Dylan probably would have crossed paths with you as like a, as a freshman or sophomore or something. So he would have been there around the time you were at least for a, a year or two.
0: Yeah. we'll tell myself what's
1: up. All right. Yeah, we'll do. Um, if, uh, did you have anything else you want to throw out to us? I mean, we're looking forward to seeing you play in Pittsburgh. Definitely be cheering you on, you know, wishing you the best, looking forward to seeing what you can do.
0: No, yeah, I'm excited, and um, AJ, just text me whenever you guys start that maxion thing, and I'll, uh, I'll yeah. catch you on the storm.
2: That, that'll that be awesome. We'll I mean, a lot of fun. Yeah. And hopefully, yeah, if, if we get back to baseball this summer, hopefully maybe hit up a Hens game or something if you're in town.
0: Yeah, 100%, man. Appreciate that. I, I haven't
2: been to one since I left.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've been to, I guess I just, well, I've been, to a, I was a, I've been to a couple after I left, and then I threw out the first pitch, and that was the last time I've been, yeah. so it's, it's been a while.
2: When I was in Muncie, I'd go down to Indianapolis because they play the Indy Indians down there. So it was just a quick drive down there. I had a few friends who worked there, so free tickets. What the heck? And, uh, but yeah, and then the Walleye are in the same division as the Fort Wayne Comets. So every oh. time they're in town, I go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Toledo brings so many fans down for that game, only being 90 minutes. Yeah. Half the arena is Toledo fans. It's great. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Toledo, Toledo travels well for their – Yeah.
2: Their- well, we've got Winterfest coming back this year too.
0: Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. Did, did you work that – a no, I didn't. I think I was. I, I don't know. I, I had something going on, but I didn't get to work that, which I wish yeah. I would have. But
2: it was we did, or I did, and it was quite the experience. They uh, they gave us brand new jerseys as a gift. It was so much fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. they always have the fun funky jerseys.
2: Yeah, they 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 did a great job with that, and I think they play Kalamazoo and Cincinnati this year, or, or the next winter. So that'll be a lot of fun. So we'll have to get back for that.
0: Yeah, that'll be fun.
2: So. Chris, oh, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. We'll stay in touch, and uh, hopefully, we can do this again with, uh, when the season gets going, whatever sure. that may be.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Take care. Yeah, yeah hey, you too, thanks buddy. so much, appreciate Chris. It. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. AJ, uh, congrats to you for uh, making that happen. You Not are you are the man. I I bow to you. I got you. Um, there was a lot to learn in that episode, and uh, yeah. you know that was exciting to get him on to have him talk about his some of his experiences. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that's all, all I can say.
2: Chris yeah, no, super
1: dude. chill. I, uh... He's
2: always been great to me. Every time I've asked a question or something like that, he's always just been, you know, quick response, never says no. He's a great that's dude. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, for and sure. He's going to help sure. us out with
2: his buddy Storm, which I'll, I like to talk about the XFL.
1: Yes, no, absolutely. When he said Storm, on him, I'm like, let's go. Yeah,
2: Storm Norton, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he played for incredible. LA, right? I believe so. He just got yeah. signed by
1: the Chargers. Char-
2: Chargers, I think, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, so he's staying in L.A., so that's yeah. cool. Was but, he in uh, L.A. or Seattle? I think he was in L.A. I think he's okay. been in L.A. the whole time. Okay. Um, but, yeah, no, Storm Bye. Morton will be great to have on. You know, we, we can get him to be our Toledo representative sure. for month of Maction. But, yeah, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Give us a follow on our Twitter. It's at college sport pod. We're gonna be posting this episode, posting more content over the next few weeks. Got a lot of exciting things in the pipeline for you guys. Follow us personally. I just changed my Twitter handle at the joy of everybody else. You can find me at sheer dumb luck. Mm-hmm. And then you can find AJ at a ruffing roughing fifty-five. At ruffing fifty-five. So also please follow our Beard Cousins, the Beard Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast. We mentioned them yep. on the show today. So yeah, guys, thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next week. See ya.